Welcome to the Texas Conflict Coach radio program. If you've ever experienced or engaged in destructive or unresolved conflict, then you know it leads to broken relationships, distrust, and damaging results. Our program will help you manage and resolve conflict effectively with strategies, valuable resources, and support. Since 2009, our radio program hosted guest experts from around the globe sharing their perspectives, experiences, and expertise while giving you food for thought. If you can't listen live, then download and listen to any of our 300-plus podcasts in our library at TexasConflictCoach.com. So sit back, relax, or join the conversation every Tuesday evening, or tweet us at TX Conflict Coach. We often hear the term social justice, but what is it and why does it matter? In this world where there's increasing hostility towards difference, how can we be upstanders for social justice not only in the workplace, but also in our family and friendship networks? We dedicate this episode to a very important topic and in recognition of World Social Justice Day. I have with me all the way from Melbourne, Australia, Dr. Greg Karen to talk about how courage, curiosity, and connection changes communities and to explore what is your part in social justice. Dr. Greg Karen, who has awakened to the need for social justice in his primary school years, continues to be driven by it in his teaching today. He is an English language teacher, a lecturer in teacher education, a blogger, and podcaster. Greg's key teaching interests are digital storytelling, digital equity, and social justice. So welcome, Greg, to the program. I'm glad that you're uh, joining us in February. So welcome all the way from Australia. Good day, Patty. It's great to be with you. I love that. The good day. I love that Australian <laughs> accent that comes with that. <laughs> you know, right. today we're actually talking in this episode about social justice, and you have a long personal story and journey in doing social justice work. <laughs> What would you like our listeners to know about your story? Well, I guess my story with social justice started in school. And um, probably, you know, my school years were probably the worst parts of my life um, because of the physical and verbal abuse that I experienced. And I guess that happened for a few different reasons. I guess the main one was that I wasn't seen as being, you know, a proper boy or I wasn't masculine enough. And I remember going through school like that and thinking, you know, that, um, you know, there was no hope, no future uh, for me. And even amongst, you know, the teachers as well, very few teachers stood up for me. And I even had, you know, the deputy principal who really sided with the bullies and basically blamed it on me because of the type of boy that I was. So I guess that's the, the foundation of my, you know, journey into social justice. And I guess since then, as a teacher, my students and their communities have really taught me a lot about social justice, whether it's Things like, you know, poverty, war, the, you know, the effects of war, violence, racism, uh, sexism, homophobia, even things like, you know, we hear increasingly about today, you know, mental health. 
you know, they've taught me so much, uh, uh, you know, about social justice and I carry that, you know, with me. And I guess when I step into a classroom now, you know, I want all my students to know that, you know, their lives, their experiences really matter and that they actually count for something. And I guess I also want them to know that there's power in their story, their personal story. And I, and I think finally, I, I want them to know that they can actually, you know, make a difference in the world, in the issues that really matter to them, that they can do something. You know, what a young, young experience uh, to begin your life that way. And so many youth, so many of, so many people in the world have had, we all have stories, as you said. And, uh, and they're very powerful in how they start that journey. And you had, obviously, uh, very early experiences in your school years that have taken you where you are in the world of social justice. But you know what? Not everyone knows what actually is social justice. So when you say it, and it, and it forms such a big part of who you are today and even how you teach and, and engage with people, how would you define it? What would you want our listeners to know about what that terminology means? Well, I think there's two aspects for me. Uh, firstly, I think that social justice is about, you know, recognizing that, you know, many groups in our society experience disadvantage and experience discrimination and then doing something about it. And the other aspect I'd say is that social justice is about recognizing that discrimination and disadvantage are often part of the structures and practices of our organisations. They're built into them. And I guess a couple of examples, you know, that I could give there to make it clear, I guess, mm -hmm. is in education, for example, you know, we have school curriculum, a very important part of the fabric of schools. And um, many school curriculums then, you know, ignore or they don't give much attention to the perspectives or the life experiences of particular groups, whether that's Indigenous groups, African-American groups, LGBTI groups. So where they're ignored or there's not um, much attention given to them. And I guess another another aspect in terms of social justice, in terms of how it's built into the very fabric of our organisations are are laws or state or local laws that um, in the US, for example, for, forbid teachers from talking about gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender or intersex issues in a positive way or where they're even just banned from talking about, um, you know, GLBTI people at all. And when you, uh, just to make sure all our listeners know what that acronym is, what is LGBT and you said I at the end? Mm. So LGBTI refers to lesbian, uh, um, gay, bisexual, transgender, and intersex people. And when you say intersex, because I think that's the first time I've actually heard that term. Usually it will, it will be LGBTQ, like queer. Uh, so oh, yes, I, is, I is different. Intersex means what? Now, I'm now. I, I suppose I preface this saying too that you know that um, I may not get this totally 100% correct. So, uh, so intersex then in terms of people who are born with um, genitalia or internal organs that are not 
exclusively male or female. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think they use a different term here in the U.S. So that, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. Thank you for clarifying those terms. So it's really it's those two aspects, and I appreciate you really you know solidifying or giving us a a, a, a picture of what social justice means uh, in, in any kind of group that experiences disadvantage or discrimination, uh, and like you said the structures and organizations, and that could be uh, not even, you know, you describe the state and local laws, so there's a very big picture organization or something like a school or even a workplace, you know, a workplace mm. organization uh, that could also be very much in that way. All right, thank you for giving uh, a, a definition to that. So when someone is experiencing um, they're in the disempowered group, uh, they're in the disadvantaged mm-hmm. group, what are the signals that they see that says to them that we're not welcomed, that we're at a disadvantage? Okay, well, when uh, you or your community is abused or put down and then other people um, don't say something or they participate. So they refuse to do something about it or they don't say, hang on, that's wrong. Come on, stop that. Or um, when you're bullied for who you are or who people perceive you to be and teachers ignore it or they refuse to take action on it. Uh, or when uh, you don't see yourself or you don't see your worlds or your communities reflected in the books on the library shelves or in the posters on the walls or I guess in terms of the materials that are used in the classroom or maybe you don't see people like you employed in the school or the workplace like you. So you, uh, so as part of that, and the thing about it is, is we, I think we think about the typical groups that might be disadvantaged or discriminated against, as you said, LGBT groups, African-American groups, I'm sure in Australia, uh, that could be indigenous groups, it could be different groups there. But something you said earlier uh, that seems to come up more often, and I don't know if Australia is is affected by this, but uh, we hear about refugees from all different Mm. countries that go in, and I would imagine they're a disadvantaged group and or a discriminated group, even when we had uh, here in the United States, and this is several years ago, uh, but it was a really big thing when we had Hurricane Katrina that destroyed Louisiana and New Orleans. Uh, it's probably something you even heard about, but people would often refer to them as refugees when, they, in fact, they weren't, but they were so disadvantaged and discriminated, and the social justice and the systems were not in place uh, to really give them access to uh, opportunities, you know, and so they, they were out, outplayed. They were, you know, uh, you know, sent to different states because their homes were destroyed, but because they were in, very impoverished, they were, and a lot of them were 
in a lot of poverty. And so uh, the state said, well, let's just ship you here, here, and here, and families would be separated. And so they were uh, social justice, uh, although there was an attempt to help them, they were still very much disadvantaged. And when they got to those communities, oftentimes, as you said in these signals, uh, there, there was a lot of things that they were dealing with that would be considered social injustice. Um, so I want listeners to understand we're not just talking about the typical groups that we find, but to think outside of the box about even in this example, uh, people who are from the poverty or, like you said, from war or violence or refugees fleeing countries, etc. Mm. For sure. I think, you know, I think across the world, the issues of refugees is a highly political issue. And I think people often forget that in making these issues political, that impacts on the lives of people. So I know in Australia, have, you know, working as a teacher of, you know, English language teacher, um, working with refugees that you know, then I see the results of, you know, this highly political, um, negative put down of, um, refugees and harsh talk about refugees from political leaders where, you know, students would come into class and be, you know, talk about the abuse that they've, you know, experienced on the street. Or, you know, I can remember, you know, um, women saying to me about, you know, being um, people, you know, pulling on their hijab or people spitting at them. And, you know, I mean, these things are horrific enough, but often those were things then that they experienced in the, you know, the company of their children. And they're thinking about, you know, what's this say to my kids as well? So... I think we've got to recognise that when there's all this really harsh, negative talk about refugees, remember that these are people with lives, with hopes, with dreams, with children, trying to make a better, you know, life for themselves. And when we start spouting all this negative and hateful talk, that impacts on, you know, people's lives, you know, you know in a really, really dramatic way. Yeah, absolutely. What do you, you know, one of the things you were saying um, in terms of signs and signals when, especially if you're in a group that is disadvantaged or that is on the receiving end and you said people aren't doing anything about it, they're ignoring it, they're taking no action. What Mm. does one do when you're standing there and you're listening, for example, wherever you are, you're in Melbourne, I believe it is, and you're hearing this political Mm. hatred or you're hearing people ignore something happening in the classroom when you know that child is hurting and you know that child is, is a human being who's loved, who has their story. What do you do when you hear that? or you see people are not taking action, if you're doing social justice or you're, and I don't know if it's, if the term is doing social justice or that you're being socially just, and maybe you can educate mm-hmm. us a little bit about that, but what does one do when they are witnessing that? Well, you've got to stand up and speak up when, you know, hateful or hurtful things, are, you know, what are said or are done. And I know that that can be particularly, you know, can be scary, can be hard to do. 
sometimes it might be if it's in the workplace, maybe you don't have to, you may not do it straight, but you might then talk to that person afterwards, you know, one to one, have a conversation about it and say, look, you know, I don't, I don't agree with this, you know, you know, I don't think it's okay to speak like that, you know. So I think you've got to stand up and you've got to speak up. And I mean, the term that <clears throat> we're increasingly seeing being used is about being an upstander. Being an upstander, you know, speaking up, standing up rather than being a bystander. And, you know, I can only say, you know, from my own personal experience that too many, too many adults in my life were bystanders. They walked past or they participated in the abuse. Okay. My life would have been, my life would have been very different if the adults in my life had stood up and spoke up about um, what I was going through and what was happening to me. And it's the same for refugees. It's the same for many, many different groups. Too many people are standing back and being silent. <clears throat> and when you are silent, you are being complicit. You're part of it. You're part of the injustice. You're not doing something about it. I think the other... The other thing, you know, I, I guess if we're talking about, you know, what does it mean then to be more socially just or to be an upstander, things that you can do then is just to get more, you know, self-aware, you know, start thinking, you know, whenever you start to think, you know, really negatively about a group or you're seeing something on the news that's a real sort of, you know, anti-refugee or whatever and it's you know firing you up in terms you know you're agreeing with and what have you start to check in on yourself check in is it true what they're saying do a bit of research talk to people find out you know what what it's like to be a person from that group educate yourself you might find that what you're hearing isn't actually isn't actually true and you might find that um, what's being stirred up with you is something about your own issues as well. Maybe it's something that you have to work on yourself. But don't just go with the flow in terms of with the negativity. Check in to it. And I guess another thing you can do there is, you know, get to know those people who are, you know, are different to you. Get to know about their, you know, their hopes and dreams, you know, and the way that they think and if they think differently to you. Um, you know, why do they think differently to you? I often say to the, the students in my class, you know, it's a, you know, really diverse class, different backgrounds, different beliefs, different attitudes. And I say, look, you, we don't have to agree with each other. Okay. But we do need to just respect each other and respect each other as people with hopes and dreams and, you know, for the future. I'm so glad that you said that, and uh, you know, and, because part of me was like, okay, what does it mean to be? Because remember, I was asking, is it doing social justice or is it being socially uh, just? And and it's really about engaging in in a more socially just way. And that and those are the things you were just describing. You know, I think so many people, um, and I I've, I've been 
at fault at this too. I think everyone is. You, you see something on the internet, or something comes through your Facebook or your social media, or you you hear something on the ticker tape, or you read something on the ticker tape on the TV, and you're like, and you just automatically assume it's true. And oftentimes mm-hmm. that is not the case uh, because you know stories are made up, or people are gossiping, or assumptions are made. And so I'm so glad that you're bringing that awareness. Is is check that you know is this actually true? Is this something we need to understand and research? Uh, did we do our homework, if you will? <laughs> you know, yeah. we graduate from high school or from school doesn't mean our homework ends. You know, as adults, we need to do our homework as well and, and educate ourselves. But one other thing you brought up is those negative uh, judgments, those negative thoughts that we make might very much tie into a trigger, that we mm. have, and and I think that might be part of that self-awareness. At least that's what I was picking up from you. Is there anything did, – did I pick up that right, or is there something else you wanted to say about that, around triggers? No, I think, I think you're right on there. I think that um, sometimes these things do trigger us. They make us think about something or take us back to a particular time in our life, and I guess it's to say, well – that's okay to know that and to notice it, but you don't have to automatically go with it, inquire into it. Yeah. Okay, very good. So we I are... guess the other, sorry, Patty, the, I guess the other thing I was just thinking as you were talking too is that sometimes we think when it's about, you know, acting for social justice that it has to be a big and bold and out there thing and people think, I can't do that, I'm, you know, a quiet person or I don't want to be really out there. Whatever, and I think it's important to realize that you can just use the skills that you've got to, you know, support the human rights of others. So maybe you've got, you know, tech skills. Can you use those tech skills to help a group out? Maybe you've got writing skills or organizational skills or whatever skills that you have, they can be put to use to help support the human rights of other people. You don't have to be big, bold, and out there, you know, on the streets. Everyone can play a part in different ways. All right, so we're going to come back to that in just a moment. Let me let the listeners know that you are tuned in to and listening to the Texas Conflict Coach Radio Program, and we invite you to follow us on Blog Talk Radio. I'm speaking with Greg Caron from Pushing the Edge in Melbourne, Australia, and he started his journey very, very early on in his school years, primary school years, uh, into the world of social justice and acting and engaging in socially just ways with every human being it doesn't matter what kind of background or diverse a group that um that those individuals might be from. We are all from diverse backgrounds. We have our own stories and and what you were just sharing with me just now um is I think a lot of times when people think up when you talk about being an upstander versus a bystander, people might start to get triggered or even afraid, like, oh, my God, be an upstander? What does that mean? I have to get on a platform and speak and have the bullhorn there, rah, 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 you know, and then that, like, scares people. And then they sure. just shut down and they get silent. And I think that's what you're saying is, you know, being an upstander or being someone that supports human rights, meaning have an equal access 
uh, that people are humans and how do we support uh, support that how do you stand up to injustice doesn't mean you have to have the bullhorn uh, standing on a platform talking to thousands of people. And that's what you were saying. Maybe you have technology skills, and so you support it. You know, Maybe you're supporting a nonprofit organization that does social justice, and you're behind the scenes working on a computer uh, or organizational skills. What would be another example of standing up to injustice but without the fear factor of, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be in front of a whole bunch of people yelling and screaming or that or whatever in their mind means standing up or being an upstander? Well, I guess community groups are always looking, you know, for volunteers, but they need people with a wide range of skills. And so, you know, maybe you've got writing skills, maybe you've got musical skills, maybe you've got construction skills. I mean, there's so many different things that just recognizing that, we all have skills in different areas and and then thinking, well, how can I put these skills use to help support, uh, you know, another group? You know, maybe it's going and asking, you know, saying to a group, you know, look, I've got these skills. How can I support you? Ask people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So part of that is uh, anyone can stand up for injustice. Anyone can have a part without necessarily being the public relations person. Although, if that is your skill set, that could be a great way, uh, you know, to use your public relations skills. You know, it seems like it would take a lot of courage. Um, when you were talking also earlier about, you know, if you're seeing or experiencing social injustice and if, if people had been an upstander, if they had not been silent, your life might have been different today. Oh. So you talked about earlier about go up and talk to the person. What would someone say if they were to go up and support someone very specifically privately? What, what would you encourage them to say to that person or ask that person? Well, I think the most important thing is to listen to that person rather than it has to always come from us. You know, just saying, look, I, you know, I want to support you. How can I do that? Listen to them. Let them, you know, lead the way. Sometimes I think it's about, we sometimes um, assume that it has to be us pushing the way forward, but Sometimes it's about stepping back and actually listening to the experiences of others and um, letting them lead the way, share what they feel comfortable sharing, letting them, you know, say how they think that you can better support them or their community. It's not about us sort of pushing in and taking charge. It's about letting communities speak for themselves and say what's going to be helpful and supportive to them themselves. Mm. And I guess I was, sorry, Patty, the other thing to say is too that some of these things too, it's about, you know, conversations with your friends, with your family. Um, you know, change doesn't just happen on, you know, grand scale. It's about the everyday interactions and the conversations and telling someone, oh, did you read this article? Did you see this thing on the news? Or why don't you watch and let's have, then let's have a, you know, a chat about it. You know, so it's those little things that are just those everyday sort of human interactions that help um, shift, you know, hearts and minds of people and pave the way for for justice. Mm. And we all play a role in that, don't we? 
For sure, for sure. I mean, this is the thing, you know, social justice isn't just a, you know, once a week that, you know, this can happen, you know, in your, just your everyday exchanges and your conversations with people. You know, I, I think sometimes that takes courage too, even within, you know, families, because, you know, when you're, not that you're making grand shifts and changes, but, but, but being able to have those human interactions by being able to have deeper conversations, not for debate, but just awareness building and, you know, like you said, what do you think about this and, and getting people to check those assumptions in those conversations. And yet sometimes if it's a hot topic or a taboo topic, and right now we have a lot of that going in the United States because tomorrow's our inauguration of, uh, of the new president coming on board. And so certainly there have been a lot of these uh, talks about social injustice for a lot of different groups in the United States. And so I know that that's caused a lot of conflict for families and friends um, and have uh, and maybe that's a good thing because maybe we need that to stir people up to really have those conversations and yet it still takes some courage to do that so I'm glad to hear that you're encouraging people and listeners you know to have those uh, those conversations uh, with your friendly friends be open and willing to hear and understand and I really loved what you said about taking that step back letting them lead the way whoever them is let them tell you uh, what it is that they need and really listen um, and, and great advice and of course uh, certainly some of you are going to be listeners great advocates great activists uh, in standing up for injustice we see that all the time uh, not just with individuals but certainly nonprofit organizations all right uh, Greg thank you so much uh, because this has been really uh, very uh, educational even for me we've never done a topic on social justice particularly and you're such a huge advocate I mean your website's great uh, in terms of the resources that are out there pushing from the edge. So as we go into our closing now, how do people find out about you, the work you do? Uh, and also, uh, you have so much out there uh, to offer. What do you want listeners to know about any events, books, blogs, videos, etc.? Go for it. We want them to know all about you. <laughs> okay, well, my website is pushingtheedge.org. And you can find me on Twitter at Greg B. Curran, um, which is spelt C-U-R-R-A-N. So that's at Greg B. Curran on Twitter. Um, and you can also find me in iTunes or in your podcast. If you listen to podcasts, just look, look for uh, Pushing the Edge with Greg Curran. So anything that you would like listeners to uh, really uh, learn uh, from you at this point uh, outside of what we've just talked about today? Well, I guess in terms of uh, resources, then um, a great organisation is called the Safe Schools Coalition, and they're in Australia, and they do lots of great work for educators in terms of making schools safe for uh, LGBTI um, young people. Um, in the US, there's another great organization called um, GLSEN, G-L-Y-S-E-N, and they're another um, for GLBTI people. There's also EduColor, 
So a US-based organisation that's looking at issues of colour in education and looking at justice for African-American, Latino, Indigenous people in schools and lots of great teaching ideas, resource ideas and things just to get you thinking. And I guess one final thing would be um, tolerance.org is a teacher-focused organisation that has lots of practical tips and advice for educators in terms of how to educate around social justice and how to deal with tricky issues or sometimes controversial issues in schools. Okay, those are wonderful resources, and we'll make sure to also get that up on on your program page as well. So listeners are very familiar with our guests giving assignment for the weeks or a call to action so that once they finish listening to the podcast here, uh, they're really motivated to take that next step. Uh, So what do you have for our listeners tonight? Okay, I have three steps for all of you. So here's the first one. Firstly, get to know about people and communities that are different or unfamiliar to you. So talk to them, read and watch materials created by people who are different from you. Secondly, be an amplifier for social justice. And by that I mean um, share articles that you read, videos you watch or things you see in an art gallery. Tell people about all these things that you're, you know, seeing or watching or viewing. Share those things. Often it can be hard if you're from, um, you know, minority communities to get the word out and share these things. So help share these things. Tell your friends about them. And finally, and I guess really crucially, be an upstander for social justice. So speak up, you know, take action whenever people or communities, you know, are targeted with abuse or with discriminatory laws, you know, play your part and help pave the way for social justice for everyone. Wonderful steps. Okay, fabulous. Thank you so much, Greg, for educating our listening audience around the world about social justice and what we can do uh, and playing our part. Thank you very much. No worries, Patty. It's been a pleasure, and thanks so much for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Texas Conflict Coach. We hope you've enjoyed the program. You can find over 300 podcasts archived to listen at your own convenience at texasconflictcoach.com or download the podcast at iTunes or Stitcher Radio. To learn about upcoming radio programs and resources, sign up for our monthly e-newsletter.